0: Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artisan food makers, farmers, authors, and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious.
1: A very good weekend to you, food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Every week, we continue our celebration of food and the role that it plays in our lives on this show. I thank you for tuning in to explore everything we love about delicious dishes, righteous recipes, food pros, and decadent tastes, because I'm all about the culture, the history, the science, and the deeper meanings that come together every time people sit down to enjoy a meal. This show is a place for people who love to cook or love to eat. And it is my goal to feed your soul. I make dishes that come alive with flavor. And I talk food and health, wellness, wine, cocktails, travel and trends, tech and fitness... And my goal is to fuel your hunger and satiate your soul. So stay tuned because there is lots of delicious conversation coming up this hour. Do not touch your dial. If you missed a show, you can find podcasts under iTunes at Food & Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen and my website at chefjamie.com will hopefully make you a better cook. I do hope that you'll follow me as well on social at Gwen on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So, let's dig in, shall we? You should be braising. Winter is here. It's still cold. Spring will come soon, we hope. But you don't want to have missed a season of hearty, comforting, cold weather dishes that warm your soul and kill the chill, now do you? It's really a well-kept kitchen secret. Braising makes heroes out of weekend cooks. And so at the start of this show, I like to offer a tutorial of sorts. And this is a technique, really. There is no other technique, by the way, that asks so little yet gives so much back. As long as you can remember four simple universal steps and you have a little bit of patience while that braise fills your house with the most tempting of scents, Everyone can elicit oohs and ahs from a table full of family and friends. Really, it is very easy to produce restaurant-quality braising results at home. Maybe it's uh, fall-off-the-bone short ribs or truly tender pork shoulder— There are a number of meats that benefit from a seared exterior and a thick, rich, beautiful sauce that's sort of been building for hours. And if you're looking to amp up your kitchen flavor, but you want to use minimal effort, well, braising is a secret you need to be in on. So I'm teaching the basics of braising today and how you can transform even the toughest cut of meat into a tender, succulent masterpiece. And there's really no recipe necessary. So braising is a method of cooking meat, most usually, you could do fish or vegetables, but that's another story, surrounded by a flavorful broth so that the muscle, the fiber of that meat becomes succulent and tender. Now, I love what is called brown braising. The meat is browned before it is simmered in the liquid. And as it simmers, it exchanges flavor and the broth reduces and it thickens slightly. And you get this really richly flavored, satisfying sauce as the meat breaks down to just ultimate beautiful tenderness. Now... Braising is a technique found in almost every cuisine and the method and the cuts of meat don't vary too much across borders. What changes is your choice of aromatic vegetables, the cooking liquid, and the garnishes. So the toughest cuts of meat become the most tender when they're braised. And it is all about choosing the cut. So... I like the flavorful working parts of an animal. That's usually legs, shoulders, ribs. Uh, In a bird, it means thighs, legs, and wings. These are the cuts that contain soft protein and fat, uh, but they also have more connective tissue than the leaner cuts do. And that tissue contains collagen, which you have to cook to about 200 degrees Fahrenheit before it softens. And when you braise meat... The collagen melts into gelatin, which bastes the meat and it gives you that fork tender result. So now, you know, the definition of braising. Cooking that tough cut makes it not only tender, it makes it taste better because the longer you expose that meat to heat, the more flavor you can produce. So it's going to take you a few hours to get really tender lamb shanks, but all the better for flavor, right? Right. So here are my best tips for braising. There is really a a bevy or a variety of pans or pots that you can use, uh, but one will do. And that is a Dutch oven. You want to pick a pot that holds the meat snugly so that there isn't a lot of room around it. But when you're braising, uh, you don't want extra space. So we fill it in with the aromatics and the vegetables and otherwise. And the pan or pot should have highly, uh, fairly high sides rather. So it can hold the liquid. It's not completely submerged, but it is at least a third of the way covered from the bottom with liquid. So a Dutch oven or a deep casserole works great. Now for flavor... Ultimately, you never want to rush the browning. And brown braises always start by searing the meat in fat till it's really golden brown on all sides. And it is an essential step. So please don't skip it. You can brown on top of the stove or even in your favorite appliance. Today, technology is brilliant. Uh, But you want to make sure that you get that really gorgeous golden caramelized exterior. I use medium high heat and I let it go so that it gets deep caramelization to make a richly flavored sauce. The high heat tends to burn. And for this, you have to take your time. The browning of a big cut of meat, like a roast, will take about 20 minutes or so, but it will pay off, I guarantee. Now, once I take the meat out of that sear or saute pan. Um, I like to add my flavor base, my onions, carrots, and celery, and I'll brown the aromatic vegetables as well. At this point, you can really go in any direction you like. You put the big, tough cut in your Dutch oven, surround it by your uh, caramelized, exteriored vegetables, and then the field is wide open. Herbs, spices, citrus, mushrooms, tomatoes, garlic, all excellent. And then you pick a liquid because it's the backbone of your final sauce. And it can be stock of any sort. Uh, tomato sauce or a combination thereof. I like to add in red wine with most dark meats. Uh, You need to have enough liquid, as I said, to surround but not submerge the meat at least to the third of the way up. I go usually a little more than that and the liquid will reduce as you braise and it concentrates that fabulous flavor. Now, I take my braises, usually, uh, to 350 degree oven as long as it's slowly simmering and I'll check it. Um, I like to braise uncovered because I find that the finished sauce is far more flavorful because it allows for better reduction, but I'll check it once in a while to make sure that it's not uh, bubbling too big. If it's too active, turn the heat in the oven down. And like I said at the start, this is really, uh, a brilliant, what I call walk away recipe because the oven and this beautiful method of braising does all the work. At the end of the day, braising is just cooking a tough cut of meat gently in liquid till it is transformed into this tender, succulent fall off the bone masterpiece. And it's a low and slow cook. If you're looking for my bonus recipe this week, It's short ribs braised in red wine, and it's my best recipe. It's meaty and long on flavor, and the secret to the sauce is reducing the wine. I serve mine with a parsnip puree and crusty bread, and I would love to share the recipe with you. So if you're looking for the bonus recipe this week, email me, jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at chefjamie.com. Coming up, we have a full plate and I'm delighted. Remember that beautiful place where healthy and delicious meat, that sweet spot? Well, Ellie Krieger knows all about it. Yes, she will refresh our palates with some sage advice to kick off 2022 in delicious style. Ellie Krieger, the extraordinary nutritionist and TV chef Washington Post columnist, friend, and more is back and I am elated. Also, how does a bowl of hot, steamy chowder sound right about now? David Leet is simmering up a pot of soup and he is sitting down to dish later in the hour. So don't touch your dial. There is so much delicious conversation coming up and you wouldn't want to miss it. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio, grab a snack, come on back, more right after this. Satiating your appetite every weekend, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. I am over the moon that this fantastically talented woman, whom I'm very proud to call my friend, is gracing this show once again to kick off 2022 in delicious style. She's a culinary nutritionist, a seven time best selling author the host of Ellie's Real Good Food on PBS and a two-time James Beard Award winner, among other things, and she's here to share winter inspiration. I am always so thrilled to welcome back Ellie Krieger to this show. It was many years ago that I had the distinct opportunity to sit down and lunch with Ellie, and I'm very grateful that she has remained my friend and continues to share her insight and inspiration here for many years on this show. She is back to share exciting news, to dish on her best new project and her newest recipes, and to help us find that sweet spot where healthy and delicious meat and I am so glad to talk to you. Happy New Year, Ellie. How are you?
2: I'm great, Jamie. <laughs> and I love talking to you. And I value our friendship so much as oh, thank well. Thank you. Kindly. And you're always an inspiration to me. I mean, I think food people are the best people. And you are the cream of the crop as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Well, so. you
1: you flatter me. Thank you. And um, you are the best people. That has always been your reputation in, in the business, Ellie. And I think you should be very proud of that. When I mention you to other food friends and big names like yourself, you know, everyone says like, oh, Ellie, like it's so warm and wonderful. And um, I, I think that's a, a beautiful place that you've carved for yourself in this world of food that we love everyone loves you Um, and there is big news and I'm very grateful that you're here to share it uh, because you kicked off 2022 with a bang I should tell everyone and want to that your new podcast is a hit it made the top 10 podcast list in its preview week so congratulations
2: thank you I'm beyond thrilled with the reception of it. And it's such a fun thing to do. Yes. And I think it's really different. And I think it offers something different that's out there. And actually, I was checking today on Apple and it's in the official trending section. So it feels so good to have it hit so well.
1: You're trending. You're trending, Elle. I love it. I love it. Tell us about it, please. Because, you know, you and I talking offline, I know you love it because it allows you to dig deeper, right? There's a, there's a depth to it. You can talk uh, at length about those subjects that you know and love and that you enlighten us to. Yeah. I
2: mean, I really, honestly, Jamie, I love all forms of media for different reasons. So I, and I'm sort of have my fingers in all of it. So I'm doing everything from TikTok videos, which is like an inspiring one minute, <laughs> um, but just enough to kind of get you like thinking about something you get excited about. Yes. And then I write for the Washington Post every week. So I'm writing uh, I'm doing recipes with a little bit of a story around it that's written.
1: And we, lo- and we love it. We love it, by the way.
2: Yes. Thank you. And I've written so many longer articles. Um, and so one of the things I love about podcasts and radio is that you can really dig in deeper. So you can get that inspiring aspect. Yes. But then you can really start to unravel the layers of things. And when, when you're talking about food... And nutrition, in particular nutrition, I think, it really merits a little more. There's a lot of nuance in it, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily come across on television. That's not sort of the asset of those mediums.
1: I, I so agree with you. One of
2: the things I love about a podcast is that, yes, you can dig deeper. Um, but one, I want to just tell you the name of it, right? Tell everyone the name of it. It's called One Real Good Thing. And the idea of the whole podcast is that every week we just dig in so maybe 15, 20 minutes, so it's not that long, less than a half hour. I want to keep it kind of short and sweet podcast in the podcast world, but dig into one thing you can do today, this week, right now, to propel your life in a healthier direction.
1: Okay, so wet our palates. Just give us a taste of what you recorded most recently. Single subject content is what you're talking about. And I love that because it's very directed, right? You get very specific information and insight to learn and grow. So give us a taste of, of what you've just recently talked about.
2: Yeah, so basically for each episode, I am going to be interviewing different experts and friends. And it's not just food, but I, I've always saw well-being fitness health as a three-legged stool so it's what you eat your activity and your way of sort of your lifestyle ways of managing stress and sleep and all that so it all works together and so i really want to have experts and inspiring people on um and friends and so on Hmm. who are experts in this to talk about all three of those things but right now the first several episodes are primarily food-centric. And I open up, though, just talking straight to everybody without interviewing anyone. I really wanted my first episode to be me just laying out my one real good thing. And my personal one real good thing is to see food as usually, sometimes, and rarely. To get out of this sort of mindset of all or nothing that so many of us get Mm. burdened with, I think, during this time of year, in January, January. We're all on these, like, say no to this, I can't have this, I can't, and good and bad, and, and clean food. I mean, then what's dirty food? All of that thinking sets us up, I think, for a really unhealthy relationship with food and moving it toward this usually, sometimes, and rarely, is just a really more balanced, mm. open, flexible way of approaching mm. eating well.
1: I think that's brilliant. I do. And one of the things I've always loved and admired about you, and I knew this from the moment I sat down um, to uh, have lunch with you in New York City. That was so fun. (laughs) I'll never forget that. Uh, That was a fabulous lunch. One of the things I've always admired about you is that you are a a nutritionist, a, a celebrity TV host, a food expert, all of those things that eats. And you believe in moderation, I've always thought, but it was never that, you know, oh, Ellie doesn't doesn't make dessert or Ellie doesn't eat chocolate or there were never restrictions. It was always mindful eating. And so that rarely sometimes that, that concept that you're sharing is such a healthy way to eat. And it's how I've always thought of you without putting the name to it so can you give us something from each of those categories that like in January you will apply
2: oh yeah so I mean so the whole concept of usually sometimes rarely I dig into that and I also have a link to actually the usually sometimes and rarely food list on my website so I do that good but then and then so that actually is a foundation of so much so what's really neat is that my first six episodes actually relate back to an article that I wrote for the Washington Post, a feature article that came out January 5th that you can access online. Good. And each person that I interviewed for the article, I went and did a more in depth interview with for my podcast. Huh. So I interviewed. Smart. Tracy McWherter, for example. She's one of the people coming up soon. And she's talking all about getting more green.
1: Oh, Ellie, I don't want you to go, so you can't leave. Please stay. There is more with the amazing Ellie Krieger in your radio right after this. back and we're dishing Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio because we do have grand culinary thinkers on this show. Ellie Krieger is here. You know her and love her for her sage nutritional advice for her Washington Post column, for her award-winning cookbooks, and for her PBS TV show, of course. And so we're talking about that sweet spot where healthy and delicious meet. I have to go back because I'm very excited to go to elliekrieger.com and look for the usually, sometimes rarely list too. And to listen to the podcast in association with that and and to really learn from, I I would think that the greens gal falls under the usually um, because you're always cooking with greens in some aspect of the dish. Um, I relate everything back to your recipes. By the way, Ellie, I have to tell you, You made this luscious smoothie the first week in January, posted it on Instagram and everywhere else you do, and I immediately went and made it. So you've inspired me. It was yogurt, pear, dates, ginger, almonds, and spinach, if I'm not mistaken. And it was so good. Then I went and listened to a podcast. So this is propelling all of us to eat better and live better. And by the way, that smoothie sits in my fridge now and I take, you know, some sips of it in the morning. Um, I do the same for my mom. I give her a a thermos of it and she keeps it in the fridge. Wow, is it delicious.
2: Oh, I'm so glad. And that's a perfect example because all of the ingredients in that, I mean, I really, the interesting theory about the usually sometimes rarely list is I developed it when I was in private practice as a dietitian to help my clients Hmm. And it wound up being the basic foundation of all of my recipes. So I really try to focus on the usually foods, which are all of these things, vegetables, nuts, beans, seeds, whole fruits, um, healthy proteins, fish.
1: Right, all um, the good stuff. And then I
2: sprinkle in other things like, you know, the sometimes and they rarely foods, I sprinkle them in for flavor, texture, uh, if it makes it so much more unctuous. To have a little butter in a sauce, like, why not? And then the overall balance of the dish really works. But this smoothie that you're talking about is a perfect example of, like, basically all usually foods. And what I love about this is it does incorporate greens. Yes. (laughs) So that pertains to the one episode with Tracy McWhorter. And then it also contains protein from almonds, protein from yogurt, and also instead of added sugar, it contains uh, dates. Yeah. So I really love that aspect of it, using whole fruit to sweeten things rather than added sweeteners. Um, Again, if some added sweetener, no big deal, but to use it more judiciously is the point.
1: Yes, and I'll tell you, I'm on a date kick. So I am using dates and everything. My son loves them too. I, it's just amazing to me where you can incorporate, as you said, the natural sugar component and really get uh, a different depth of flavor than you do from processed sugar. So um, I'm on I'm on the date bandwagon. Yes. Oh, all the all so you're the good getting the stuff. Minerals
2: and you're getting the fiber. I mean. It's- yeah, it's whole fruit, basically. Yeah, fab- so you're getting all those antioxidants as well.
1: Okay, can we keep talking food? Because then you posted a raw Brussels sprouts salad. And I love Brussels sprouts too. And I don't think we utilize them enough.
2: Yeah, I think, and I think, I originally created that salad in some way thinking, I think there are some people that just don't care for cooked Brussels sprouts.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And what's interesting about, vegetables in general. And I, I sometimes think of myself as a vegetable evangelist,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love mean, it. a
2: vegetable marketer. If I think I could just, it's basically what I do, just eat more vegetables and here's a great <laughs> way to
1: do it. Um, so you're a vegetable pusher.
2: I am. I am. And I'm proudly so.
1: Yes. And rightfully so. Yes. Um, so
2: one of the things about that is that Sometimes people say, oh, they don't like X, Y, or Z, but if they try it prepared a different way, all of a sudden their eyes widen with excitement, like, I like this. So I think keeping an open mind, trying a vegetable in multiple different methods, and especially with your son, I think it's fun to watch even children explore vegetables in different preparations, because they may, you know, really lean in one direction raw, and like my daughter loves raw carrots, and she only cooked carrots, and she loves you know, other things cooked where she doesn't like raw, so it's interesting.
1: It is but fascinating. This
2: Brussels, This Brussels sprout salad is basically you're just chopping up those Brussels sprouts into a slaw. So it, it it's really this like beautiful, hearty crunch, yes. similar to a, a cabbage slaw. I mean, they are little baby cabbages after all, right?
1: Right. Um, and the texture. And then I
2: love that there's
1: orange brilliant. in it. Yes. It's
2: orange in the in the winter, is just like...
1: Mm. Yeah, so good. No, I happen to love Brussels sprouts raw because I find they have a textural dichotomy. They have crunch, but they have silkiness to them too. It's not like eating the core of the cabbage, right? It's not that I have to chew vigorously. There's a, a really nice balance of texture to a raw Brussels sprout. And when you shred it like you do for your salad slash slaw you really get like that toothsome kind of texture that I crave. Now, like your daughter, my son loves raw. He loves the crunch. So like I'll make him French green beans with dinner. Cause he is a chef's kid. Sorry. It's just how it <laughs> works. Right. Naturally. But I have to cook them al dente. He doesn't want the mushy. He wants, he loves the crunch. Right. And to show you the crunch, which I think is fabulous. And it is, it's, it's fascinating to watch. Um, Bright, fabulous flavors have always been your forte. Before I let you go, uh, you have a passion for pesto. There was a pesto recipe posted recently on your feed. Um, but you use it all year, and I was so glad to see it.
2: Yeah, well, this is the, one of the things I talked to Jenna Helwig with, about on, our, on the podcast about, you know, taking the pressure off in the kitchen and basically, I use pesto. I want instant flavor for something, and I don't feel like really lifting my finger. Right. I, I use pesto. I keep it in, like, ice cube trays in my freezer. So some, I make it as much as I can in the summer. Smart. I freeze it in ice cube trays, and then I have, you know, one to pop out and just, like, put that over some chicken, and you're kind of done, right? Yeah. Um, so but, good. Uh, but basically, I buy it, too. And my big tip with buying it, if I run out of my own homemade. Um, I, my big tip with buying it is to make sure you get it from the refrigerator section because it's so much brighter and fresher and greener compared to the pesto that's in the jar shelf stable. For sure. Just because they don't have to, they don't have to cook it so so much. To They have to cook it a lot to make it shelf stable. So it's like a darker color. And I feel like it's not as fresh tasting. I agree. But with then you. I freeze that. Smart. And uh, one thing I love to do with it. You can just take it and put it in like a little broth and then simmer some vegetables and a piece of fish. Ooh. And it's
1: basically
2: (gasps) effortless. Oh, that is. So much
1: flavor. That is genius. I, I have never suspended it in liquid, I always use it as a sauce. That is so smart, Ellie. Oh, that's dinner tonight. Thank you. See? Oh, I love the inspiration. And then last but not least, what are you cooking this week? Give us some, some winter January uh, recipe thoughts, please.
2: Well, actually, my husband's out of town this week. He's <laughs> actually camping in... In the cold? Freezing cold weather. Oh, my gosh. Because he's an outdoor, outdoor educator. Guru. That's what he does. Yes. So I'm on my own. So I'm, I have so much in the freezer and I'm just going to like get into it. I have a gorgeous, uh, beef and bean chili mm.
1: uh,
2: in the freezer, that so I good. love a chili, and I'm just gonna put some. Um, I love to put some radishes and avocado on top, and kind of like add a lot and cilantro. Mm. So I'll saw that and add some fun toppings.
1: Sounds delicious, and then
2: um, that I, I I love that stuff, mm. and then I also have a couple of different soups in my freezer because I. I'm big on freezing soups, and I freeze them in individual portions. so I can just kind of like pull out one bag. Very smart. So I have a, I have a carrot cauliflower soup mm. in there, and also a minestrone mm. that I'm sort of obsessed with.
1: Okay, wish I could <laughs> We're all come
2: obsessed with minestrone. Wish I
1: could come have girlfriend time as long as your husband's out of town because the menu sounds luscious. Uh, oh, I would I, love to have you. <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish, I wish too. I love that uh, Ellie Krieger's cooking from her freezer. I think that's brilliant. Um, we are, uh, cumulatively we, my family, is so thrilled for the success of your podcast and we cannot wait to continue to listen. I have my mom on board, by the way, and she too is delighted to hear your voice and we will continue to follow. So you want to listen to one real good thing, You can watch on your local PBS station. You can follow at Ellie underscore Krieger. And once again, of course, elliekrieger.com for all the info. Ellie, I love when we catch up. Uh, Congratulations on the start of the the great success of your podcast. And thank you for always sharing your passion here.
2: Thank you so much. I love talking with you and be
1: well. Yes, and you be well too, please. She is Ellie Krieger and she's the best we do have the best culinary thinkers on this show. I say it all the time, but it continues in 2022. So you wouldn't dare touch your dial. Now, would you grab a snack and come on back? Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Don't go away. Life create and savor yours. Welcome back Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Baby, it's cold outside and there is often nothing better in my opinion to warm your soul than a bowl of soup. The best part of soup though is that it often requires Very few pans and little effort. So, whether you're in the mood for a hearty chowder or a lighter veggie packed soup, having some stellar soup recipes in your back pocket for those long, cold winter nights is always a great idea. Of all of my food loving, fabulous friends, David Leet, might be the soup connoisseur. He is a three-time James Beard award-winning food writer and the founder of LeetsCulinaria.com, which we know and love, of course. He shares hot food and dry wit, also the author of The New Portuguese Table and the memoir entitled Notes on a Banana. And while David is an expert on many things, his blog has been so much adored for its deliciousness since 1999. I am ever proud to have him as a culinary contributor to this show, and his place at the table continues in 2022. He's back with delicious inspiration. You're here to dish, are you, my friend, on a bowl of soup. I love it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I am, I am, and happy New Year to you. And
1: happy New Year to you. Thank you. How is
0: my man Jack?
1: <laughs> He's fabulous. Thank you. He's good. I'm just trying to to teach him soup. Actually, David, b- babies or toddlers, and a bowl of hot liquid with a spoon, I find, yeah, find slightly dangerous. But I was raised. I, we've talked about this over the years and in the past. I was raised on soup. Like my mother loves soup and. You love soup for that same reason I know. So it's something I I I want him to learn. Um this is soup season.
0: Yes it is. Yes, yes it is.
1: And when it comes to soup, tell us your Personal preference please
0: sure well you know we 're Portu- i'm Portuguese, I come from a Portuguese family, and yes. we are a soup culture yes that is uh, true soup for lunch uh, in the old countries, you had always soup for lunch mm. and there's always a soup for dinner, and my dad in the winter, would always have a bowl of soup instead of oatmeal or something in the winter before he went off to work, so definitely we are a soup culture, and the soup that I grew up on, my mom didn't make different uh soups and bunches of different soups. It was always um, caldo verde, uh, Mm -hmm. which is Portuguese green soup, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a kale soup, Mm -hmm. and it's got Portuguese chiri which is a spicy Portuguese sausage, Mm -hmm. and it has potato, uh, pureed potato base, and you either make it with a uh, chicken stock or just water. And sometimes my mom wouldn't puree it. She'd just make it all chunky, Mm -hmm. which is a different name, but it's essentially the same soup.
1: Now, this soup on your award-winning website, is why I call you a soup connoisseur. I've never seen so many phenomenal reviews of a soup before. It's unique, it's different, it's hearty, but this is why I say you're a connoisseur. There is something so uh, comforting to this Caldo Verde, as you mentioned, that... (laughs) there There's just something beautiful about it, yeah,
0: there is and, it, and the thing about it, it's very simple. It's iconic. It's considered the the soup or the dish of Portugal, the national dish mm. of Portugal, and it's just a very comforting soup and there aren't that many ingredients I mean, you know the sausage, onion, potatoes, mm-hmm. garlic, water, or sock, and then collard greens or kale mm.
1: and salt and pepper. It's a humble soup, really.
0: As most Portuguese food is kind of a yes. very humble, very earthy, down-to-earth soup.
1: And and if you keep um, linguiça in the freezer, you could make this soup any day, right? Like, this is a great go-to. That's something interesting we should talk about, about soup, if you don't mind. Not at all. Some soups, like many dishes are better the next day. Like my mother makes split pea soup, but you're not allowed to eat it the same day.
0: Absolutely. right?
1: And this is one of those that you can eat right away, but how do you distinguish uh, soup for now or soup for later?
0: I always think that a kind of a brothy soup, yes, um, with bright flavors, yes, like a hot and sour soup, w- is better right there and then. I agree. Uh, And something that's kind of a heavier soup or a creamier soup uh, or has lots of ingredients, kind of, uh, I think, does better the next day because it gives time for all the flavors to marry. Everything, everyone, kind of snuggles into bed together, right. and it does taste better the next day. So that's what I think. Something that needs to, that needs that brightness and that needs that um, that purity of flavor mm-hmm. and that clarity. That's kind of a let's eat right now
1: soup I like the idea of thickening a soup with potato, yes, you can reduce the cream or add cream. I mean, there are lots of wonderful ways to thicken, um, but there's something hearty about a potato base absolutely yes, absolutely, yeah, definitely great so flavor. okay, next weekend on my recipe to do list is your steamer chowder okay great i'll call can you, you me? I'll call you and tell you how it is, yeah, of course, of course, of course, I love talking food with you, and I'm so grateful that you will grace this show continually throughout 2022. I just roped you into it, actually. Um, But (laughs) thank you for coming back to share your passion. You can find David Leet's Daily Dish of Deliciousness at lccooks.com. lccooks.com. Leet's Culinaria is one of the longest running blogs since 1999 and one of the most beloved and really well-deserved because... David is just a damn delicious. I mean, come on, you heard it. And delightful and all of the other D's. If you're looking for a resource for fabulous soup recipes as the winter chills, please go to lccooks.com and follow David on social at David Leet. Stay tuned for more delicious inspiration from David in your radio next month. Big hugs to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of gastronomic inspiration, and I do hope that it fed your soul. If you're looking for the bonus recipe, my short ribs braised in red wine, you should be braising, then please email me, jamie, J-A-M-I-E at chefjamie.com. On social, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen, you'll find my last bite for this week. It's my last ounce or tidbit of culinary conversation with you on the radio. And in fact, I have an electronic cookbook, my first ebook after seven in print that I'm very proud, excited, and delighted to share with you. And you can learn more at chefjamie.com. But my last bite for this hour is a healthy artichoke dip. So I love a dip with crackers or bread, but this one's a little bit leaner and cleaner than the usual. I love artichoke dip too and everything from your pantry and staples from your fridge come together greek yogurt artichoke hearts some parsley some lemon zest good olive oil i'll give you all the ingredients and tell you how to make it once again on facebook twitter and instagram now at chef jamie gwen and i will meet you here next weekend where i do promise to please your palate I thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off and I hope you continue to eat well.